0: So we will just do what Mega has asked a question about how do the diseases start and how does does it affect the subconscious mind or exactly how does the whole thing work. See first and foremost diseases are connected to the external body. That means we have very different kinds of bodies. So let us put it in this way. One is an external body which you see. This is an external body which is a physical body. Alright? Which we call as food body. Alright? The rest below that, you don't need to know all the bodies put together. Just know that there is another body which is called the mind body, intellect body, so on and so forth. And then there is a last one which is called uh, the happy body. Yeah, it's a happy body. Okay? Which we call as, (laughs) it's a blissful body. alright so now let us see from that point of view how the whole thing starts there are three kinds of problems which can happen uh, padma you'll have to mute so there are three kinds of problems that can happen the first is called adibhuta adibhuta means bhut bhut means the one which are called elements in the in the universe elemental so What are the elements? We have five elements. One is fire, air, you know, all those kind of things, water and all that. So, the diseases that afflict us come from these five elements. So, they are called adibhotik. Now, diseases that are concerned with, say, let us say, for example, fire. Now, diseases connected to fire are very dangerous because you know what happens. When you get a running nose. Okay, in summer you go and drink cold juice or cold something. We are taking a reverse of that. So what happens? You end up having a running nose and then flu and all those kind of things. They happen. The same way when you are having uh, say issues with in winter. Now what happens in winter? You are going to eat something hot. Okay. And that may give you ulcers in the stomach. Because we like to eat chilies and all those stuff in bhajiyas and all that. You know what happens when you eat too many bhajiyas. So, <laughs> again, these are the things which are associated with Bhutas. Alright. Airborne diseases are there. Waterborne diseases are there. Waterborne diseases are basically too many in nature. There are airborne diseases also. So, all these kind of different, different diseases are affecting the, the body. Physical body. So, that is why they are called adibhautik. How do they happen? The question which you asked, how do they happen? I told you, when we do the reverse of something or we do something in excesses, something which is done in excess. Imagine, like I said, if you eat too much of bhajiyas or too much of palak and all that, you know what is going to happen to you. In the same way, if you eat too many ice creams, after some time, your nose is going to start running, you are going to feel, you know, cold has come over you. So, these are adibhautik. Then, we have another which is connected to something which is like cancer and all. Now, cancer are genetically alterable diseases. They are genetically modifying inside our body. These cells are multiplying very, very fast. Some things are happening which are beyond our physical control the way we look at it. So, what kind of diseases are there? Like AIDS is there or you know, cancer, is some such type of a very deadly disease, we cannot understand them. How are they happening? No idea of knowing. But we say that the gods are affecting it, God. God means some unknown thing, something unknown is affecting it. Alright? Now, you must have heard of this disease called herpes, H-E-R-P-E-S. Now, herpes is a very deadly disease. Herpes is a disease where uh, one of the herpes diseases, herpes basically can start with the mouth also, okay? It starts in the mouth also. It can happen at any part of the body. But the one that we talk about herpes in our world, okay, is called sarpa dosh. You must have heard of Sarpadosh. And then everybody rushes to this place which is like, you know, Kukesubramanya and every other place. And you want to go and pray to the gods over there. How does that happen? Herpes is a disease which is actually caused by a certain type of bacteria or certain type of a you know uh, modified type of uh, germs basically, and it appears like that. And we call these diseases because of gods. Okay, now if you remember in ancient times we used to say, oh he's got you know Devi a gaya hai. Usko Devi bolega toh? Yeah, devis have come, why? Oh, he's got smallpox. <laughs> Chickenpox, smallpox are called devis. So, we used to say, "Devi" Agya. Devi means what? Smallpox. It is again connected to some disease. But then, we have something. But we do not have an idea about it. So, they used to say, this is God sent. God sent? Even in the Bible, it is mentioned over there, the God is sending plagues. Plagues are coming because there are too many rats. Okay. (laughs) There are too many infections in in this world. That is the reason why the plagues are coming. Okay. Then there are diseases which are connected because there is, you know, consumption. Consumption is a disease because person doesn't eat and, you know, all these people in Somalia, Ethiopia and all those, you know, uh, some of the very, very poor nations and all where there is... And in, in all these holy books they used to say God was very angry with them and He sent plagues down. Okay. So they called it Daivik. <laughs> Connected to some God somewhere. Okay. And then we have the third one which is still more impossible to understand. The impossible disease is Oh! He must have done something in his past life that is why he is born autistic. Okay, an autistic child or a person who is born lame or blind at birth, or suddenly the person loses, you know, his sight, or something happens to that person suddenly out of the extraordinary. We say that it is because of something which he might have done in his past lives and this and that. Nobody can explain that, it is just happening. So, these are diseases which could be. Adhyatmika. Okay. That which happens because of certain spiritual problems. So, this is how the diseases appear. When they appear, how they appear is all programmed actually. It's like there is a switch inside. <coughs> you know, in a, a, a disease like a diabetes, there is a switch inside a human being which tuk, at a certain age it comes on. And you are eating sugar, naturally after some time, so you are anyway going down that hill only, no? Yeah, there is a there is a switch, there is a trigger which appears and it suddenly appears and you go down that hill. So there is no way of knowing how it appears. And it just keeps on happening again and again and again. Hmm. So everything in this world is actually driven by what is called destiny. Everything is driven by destiny. Think about it like this. There is a a person who is suffering from Alzheimer's in the house or Parkinson's or one of those diseases which are very difficult to understand. Now what happens is another person is trapped because of that, isn't it? That person is staying at home taking care of that person or there is a person who is suffering from cancer and that person is not able to get up from the bed. Or there is a person, there is a young boy, a child, a girl or a boy who is having autism, you know, autistic diseases. So what happens to the mother or whoever that is involved? That person is completely trapped over there. So full day and night that service has to be done. Doesn't it affect everybody? The child, the mother, the people in the house, the man in the house? Think about it. See. The child is born autistic, so the mother is trapped over there, so what happens over there? So we have to get involved in that process. Not only them, the father is working twice the amount so that he can get more money so that the child can be cured or something can be done and putting him in some special school and then having people taking care of it. Don't you think it is, it is, it's, a, it's a thread which is running across the board? So if you see the destinies are linked one to another, to another, to another, to another. And like Padma has written, yes it is a sahavas. Sahavas means by association. association. I am associated with you, you are associated with me. Something goes wrong in my house. Uh, suppose we have a drunkard husband or something like that in the house. You know what is going to happen? So there is, these kind of things are there and they are programmed. So whether you like it or not, all diseases, even the simplest of the cold, is programmed. You may say, how can uh, cold be programmed? You know, it is very funny. Let us say for example, today is a Friday, let us say. And the person on Wednesday evening has gone and drunk something outside. And by Thursday, he is already, the germs have become too many in his body and he started sneezing very hard. See, chi, chi, she, chi, continuously. And Friday morning, they have a meeting. Think about it. Do you think this person is going to attend the meeting? No way. Because everybody in the company will be shit scared of him. Saying that, hey, hey you please go home. Otherwise, you are going to give, give this disease to everybody. See, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days holiday for you. Go. Get lost. Don't come. Now, this person was supposed to submit some reports on Friday. He is having a very severe cold. He is not in a position to submit any of those reports. (laughs) Now do you see, it is programmed, it is programmed to the finest. So imagine, he going to that place and eating that cold, know, having that cold stuff and then having these things and then on Friday not appearing. The program is already set in motion. So everything is pre-programmed. Tuck, 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 everything. So we cannot say how this whole thing is starting. It is starting because it is linked. Everything is linked. One to the other, to the other, to the So did you understand? The triggers are linked. The switches are linked. The people are linked. the, (laughs) The disease is linked. Even the germ is linked to you. Everything is linked. So, and this is what we call as destiny. We don't even know how this whole thing works. Because today if we try to decipher with our little mind that we have, we are going to be feeling very, <laughs> we don't even know what has hit us. Now, now you asked me whether this is subconscious or what. Now, the thing which you asked was, <clears throat> the link to the subconscious mind. The whole system from top to bottom is linked. There is nothing like there is no linkages. Think about it like this. You must, you know, you, you, you are talking to your husband and saying, you know, what is this? You are sneezing too much. So the person says, Ah, yes, you know, I, I in office today, you know, they all served this particular soft drink and it was not a soft drink. It was all this something they had given and, and then he is sneezing away. So you tell him, you, you don't sleep in the bedroom today. You go out and you sleep in the, in the, in the hall. <laughs> okay. Now you have already put the kira in his mind. Okay. So what do you say? You have already told him, you are going to pass that problem to me because, see, same thing, you will sleep in the same bedroom and you are going to cause the same problem to me. So you already told. Now you think that it is not going to happen Just in the vicinity only the whole thing is started. (laughs) So, subconsciously you have drawn the disease onto yourself without your own knowledge. So, many a times you will find that we, without our knowledge, have already drawn the whole system in our world. Sometimes it is like this, you know, especially in very, very clean countries, supposedly clean countries. What happens is one person falls sick and he takes medicine he doesn't come to work so he comes after four days after four days he says i am fine the fifth day another person in the same meeting room falls sick then he says i am going to take four days leave and then he comes on the fifth day and he gives on to another fellow and you know by the time he is completed two months it's back to square one where the first one is already started now feeling the cold again so he says Oh, next meeting I won't be able to attend, you see, because I am already sick. (laughs) So, it's like, you know, passing the parcel from one to another to another and back to square one. So, in all these very, very clean, clean countries, in India, you know, we eat from the roadside also and even if something has fallen on the ground also, we will pick it up and we will eat it. (laughs) Our children have thrown something has fallen from their mouth also. Hey, you are not supposed to throw like this. Give it to me. Eat that also. So we don't bother our society. But in most of these fancy countries, they have this thing. Again, diseases which are called like chicken gunya and all. I'm sure you know you have heard of chicken gunya as a disease. Chicken gunya and all these, you know, they happen because of cleanliness, not because of dirt. Or there are certain diseases which are waterborne, which, what is that called? Um, it's a very funny disease which every every all these fancy countries have. It happens because of the clean mosquito. Dengue. Dengue. You know, dengue is dengue as a disease happens because the mosquito is very clean. I'm not. I'm not joking. The dirty mosquito gives you malaria, typhoid, and all those things. The clean mosquito gives you dengue, and you can die with dengue. With malaria and all this, <laughs> see, Samrati is saying it bites in the morning. Of course, it must, you are, you are well experienced, I think. <laughs> so, okay, now we will come to our book. Okay. So, I have explained uh, two portions of the uh, thing. Uh, tomorrow, I will explain some more. Okay. Right. So, we are doing uh, this chapter, which is uh, the removal of doubts and the glorification of the Udi. <clears throat> this is chapter 35 of Sai Satcharitra. We are continuing. We left at 126, now we are starting at 127 verse. A devotee may be trusting or censor- censorious, but Sai is kind to both. Equally, the compassionate mother will not neglect one and embrace the other. See, in our world what we do, we have two children, no? The first child, we say, hai tu ye khana, dena. And that other fellow will come, now you go out you eat this okay you don't show it to your brother over there outside you already created this kind of rift in your own system (laughs) because we are always partial to one and you know always it is that always it is like that so one is going to feel very very disturbed okay my mother loves the elder one more than me see I am the one who is the um, outcast fellow it's always like that So whereas the Guru is concerned, what he does is, for him, everything, there is no neglect for anybody. And there is nothing like one he is going to take more. No, nothing like that. Everybody is treated equal. So as they were ready to leave, Baba asked Kaka for 15 rupees as Dakshana and said to him, He who has given me one rupee as Dakshana, him will I have to give 10 times more in return. Because always this equation is like this. Suppose you give one, you have to be returned 10 times more. So one rupee is equal to 10 rupees. Okay. So, equation is like that. But uh, in today's day, the equations have changed slightly. So, one rupee means equal to maybe hundred or thousand. So, <laughs> so, before you go to the temple, you should always think in terms of, if I give one rupee, that means I am going to get thousand rupees. So, whatever is your equation, you know, maybe your calculator is working in a wrong way. So, <laughs> so, the expectation is like that. so, <clears throat> Will I ever take anything free from anyone? I do not ask each and every one for Dakshana. The question of Dakshana comes only to him to whom the fakir points a finger. And this fakir too will ask only to him to whom he is indebted. When such a giver gives, he is only sowing the seeds of which he will reap the harvest later. Wealth is beneficial to the wealthy only in so far as it is spent on dharma and in charity. For ethical conduct and uh, charity alone makes for true knowledge. There is a very funny experiment which was conducted just a few days ago by a university student and uh, the word starts with a it's a four letter word which starts with an F and ends with a K, the poor. Okay? He had put two <laughs> behind and in front and he was distributing the leaflets with that words written on it. Okay? And so every person who came, you know, he gave that that word, that uh, small thing to him and he says, here, this is the poor. And everybody was looking at him. What nonsense is this? Is this, are you making a joke of this? Blah, blah, blah. And everybody stood over there and spoke very rudely to him. Okay? And he used to deliberately, Sir, sir, please come. Here, take this. And that person will look, What nonsense is this? And they spent at least 10 minutes trying to explain to this person that this is not the right thing to do. What do you mean by F the poor? This is not correct. Okay? So they paid so much of attention. And this everything was getting filmed, by the way, secretly. Then after a few days, he changed it. He changed it and he says, help the poor. And he is running around with one leaflet in hand. Sir, help the poor. Sir, help the poor. Sir, help the poor. Nobody even stopped for half a second looking at it. They didn't even want to see the card. They didn't want to take that thing in their hand because if they took it in hand, then you have to give money. So it said, help the poor. Nobody wanted to talk about it. We are these kind of people. (laughs) We don't want to. If somebody has written something wrong, you know, like, I mean, according to everybody, what he had written first was wrong. So, they all stopped in the middle of the road. This is not correct. You should not write like this. You should always help the poor. This, this, this. What is this nonsense? And when he wrote, help the poor, nobody wanted to help. So, you see, The reason why the money has been given, the reason why the richness has been given is so that it can be spread around in the world. Sai Baba always used to say these words. He used to say, if you have 10, at least give 10% of that 1 rupee to charity. Give it to somebody who doesn't have. So it it will go a long way. Okay. So, wealth is beneficial to the wealthy only so far as it is spent on dharma and in charity. For ethical conduct and charity alone makes for true knowledge. But people needlessly treat their hard-earned wealth in being meant for the pleasure they desire and thus neglect its use for the dharma and capital deeds. But happy is the man who never spends his tens of crores of rupees collected so carefully penny by penny just for his fondness or for sensual pleasures. Everybody knows the Vedic aphorism that you never get unless you give. So Baba used to always say these words, you know, and which my grandfather used to. Early in the morning, he would get up and shout on top of his roof, "Jo dega uska bhi bhala, jo nahi dega uska bhi bhala." Allah Malik, and everybody thought he had become a Muslim. <laughs> so they all came to my grandfather and said, "Ya Muslim ban kya?" No, no, no. Baba says this word, Allah Malik, "Jo dega uska bhi bhala, jo nahi dega uska bhi bhala." So, so it was like that. Everybody knows the Vedic aphorisms you never get unless you give. What is the giver on an earlier occasion stands clearly before Baba and therefore he asked for Dakshana. In his incarnation as Ram, Ramchandra gave away innumerable images of woman in gold and its fruits were enjoyed by Sri Krishna 16,000 times when he, when he incarnated as Krishna. Uh, when uh, Sita went away to the jungles, she was staying with Valmiki if you know the story. At that time, as charity, Ram started giving a golden statue of Sita to everybody, those who are in need, needy people. So that was the fruit was enjoyed by Sri Krishna. He had sixteen thousand one hundred and eight wives. So, <laughs> a devotee totally devoid of devotion, knowledge, and renunciation is indeed is a poor, piteous saint. He is first transfixed in renunciation and then gives given knowledge and devotion is making people offer dakshana is really a mark of renunciation. Later they are guided to the path of devotion and made proficient in knowledge. This is the three stages. First, the first stage is always what you have you need to give. So it is always going towards sattva. Sattva means do charity, go to the temples, do this, do that. Everything that is charitable in nature, something that is good, go and help other people. That is the first step. First step in becoming at least some sattva is there in you. So first is always, he is making people offer dakshana. So first you give dakshana, give money, give this to the to that person. And then what happens? Then renunciation will come. Renunciation means you renounce everything. So renunciation comes to the person. And then later on, he's, then he is taken on the path of devotion. And lastly, knowledge comes to the person. And what else do we do? But give tenfolds of what we receive and gradually leads them to the path of knowledge. As he heard this Dharamsi he became greedy. So he says, you give one rupee, you are going to get hundred rupees, suppose. A folds, a ten rupees. Then what happens? So at such point in time, <coughs> of his own will, he placed fifteen rupees in Baba's hand. He forgot his earlier resolve. It was almost strange. In vain was my earlier boasting, he felt. It is as well that I came personally, I have learned for myself what sadhus are like and I have become fond of them through my own experience. And so, without proper consideration, I have decided not to come just for making obeisance. In the end, I did that too and all on my own. Truly, leela of the sadhus are incomprehensible. And what can be impossible for him on whose lip is Allah Malik all the time? And I was very eager to see for myself only the miracles that the sadhus perform. Oh, how vain has been my resolve. I have actually prostrated before a human being and offered him Dakshana without his asking for it. In vain has been my boasting. Of my own will, I lowered my head at Sai's feet in reverence. What greater marvel can there be? Oh, how can I describe Sai's skill adequately? Although it is he who has done all this, outwardly he displays total detachment. Can there be a greater wonder than this? You may or may not salute him. May give or may not give in Dakshana. But this spring of joy, this all-merciful sign never scorns anyone. For him there is no joy at being worshipped, regret or pain at being derided. And here, where there is no joy, how can there be dejection? This is the very strange state, same state that completely transcends the pair of opposites. This is uh, This is what happens to the great people. What do they do? See, they have, there is no joy of being worshipped. The person is getting worship. Who is getting worship? Sai Baba is getting worship by people around him. He is oblivious of that. He is not even into it. Ah, people are being, see, see, they are nice to me. Now they are sitting in front of me and I am the greatest one over there. There is nothing like that. There is no hankara over there of that person. The regret or pain at being derided. Somebody says something bad. Somebody talks out of the way. How much a person feels? See, he is calling me black, he is doing this, he is saying you are an idiot. How much are we affected by it? The sage is at least bothered about it. Whether you deride him, you talk nicely to him, you say I am your decision or I am this, he is least bothered about it. He is not at all concerned about any of these things. So such as the type of person. And where there is no joy, how can there be dejection? He is not joyful just because somebody is bowing down to him. He is not even having dejection if somebody says, you are an idiot. It doesn't bother him. So such a type of a person is beyond the pair of opposites. Whatever may be the intentions, once Sai gave darshan to anyone, he would win over his love and devotion. Such was Sai's most wonderful Leela. And so after receiving from Sai Udi Prasad with his blessings, they returned to Bombay. Their minds cleared of all doubt. Such was Sai's inconceivable power that was. Before departing from Shirdi, Baba's permission had to be taken and if his command was disregarded, it was an invitation to trouble. If you return from there on your own accord, formidable obstacles came on the way which were difficult to overcome, result in regret and disgrace. Such as it is described above was the position with regards to returning from Shirdi and so was our condition too. Nobody will come if I do not bring him. That was Baba's words. Unless I wish it, who can step over this threshold? Who can come to Shirdi on his own will and take darshan? At our at our moments are in the power of Sai Samarth, who is mercy incarnate. When his heart is moved by compassion, only then can one come for his darshan. This is the very important line which says, you know, in our world, even to sit for a satsang or even to listen to the words, even to be present in presence of a sage or a saint or whatever, or... There are certain songs which are going on. They are falling in our ears and we, you know, even when you are coming and going, those things which happen, why are they happening? Like I told you, even the mosquito coming and biting you, the dengue or whichever, it is a programmed thing. So in the same way, these are programmed things. So we have to be always grateful that we are there in that place. So always you should be very thankful. So All our moments are in the power of Sai Samarth, who is mercy incarnate. When his heart is moved by compassion, only then can one come for his darshan. This was the condition for coming or going to Shirdi. If Sai's heart was not pleased, no permission would be granted to anyone to go with his Udi Prasad. When one prostrated before him in obeisance and asked permission, his giving the Udi Prasad with blessing was in itself the permission to go. Now I shall relate a novel experience about the power of his Udi and then proceed with the story of the power of Nevaskar's devotion and the favor he received from Sai, the most excellent one. gentleman from Bandra, by caste CKP, and not uh, that is that Kayastha Prabhu, was not able to sleep peacefully at night, in uh, spite of all the efforts. The moment he closed his eyes and fell asleep, suddenly his deceased father would appear in his dream and wake him up every day, with curses and abuses. He would enumerate the good and the bad things in the past, the secret, complex, detestable thoughts and fire at him a volley of stinging, abusive words. This happened day after day, and every night his sleep was ruined. He could not understand it, nor could he avoid the suffering thus inflicted on him. The man was tormented on account of this, but could think of no other way. So he asked a Sai devotee what remedy he should try. I for one know of no other remedy but Sai Maharaj, the abode of all excellence. And if you will also keep full faith, his Udi will manifest his own power. Whatever he was told, the following it, he followed it precisely, and his experience too was the same. He never had nightmares again. By a wonderful concurrence of destiny and his good karma, his friend happened to be a devotee of Sai Samar who praised the remarkable power of Udi, offering him a little at the same time. And he told him, apply a little to your forehead before going to sleep and keep the rest of the packet near the pillow, remembering Sri Sai in your mind. Have faith and devotion in your heart and then see the marvel of this Udi. It will instantly remove your troubles for that its natural property. See, this is, this is what was being mentioned. It requires faith, love, devotion. If you don't have any of this, nothing is going to work. If you have faith, you can move mountains. I have written today about the faith. The faith cannot be 99.99%. That 0.01% is also not a faith. Then that 9999 is equal to 0. The reason is because very simply it is like this. Like I said, you know, if you take a bottle, okay, which contains poison, and you wash it, wash it, wash it, wash it thoroughly, okay, and then you fill water in it, okay, and then you keep it in front of people and say, you "No, know, have water from this." On top of it is written "deadly poison," and you tell him, you know, "Oh, it doesn't contain poison. I have filled water in it. It is pure water. It is from our, uh, you know, it is from the filter. Don't worry, nothing is gonna." Because the word is written on top of it, the person is not going to drink it. He is always going to be scared. Or even if I drop one one small grain of potassium cyanide in a big tank of water, the tank is supplying your entire building and I take one very small grain of potassium cyanide and put it in the water. You know what? Nobody wants to drink that water. So do you understand? Faith, even if it is little less, no, that one grain of potassium cyanide, which is called Potassium cyanide is equal to doubt. If you have that one grain of doubt also in your Guru, nothing is going to work. So, faith, surrender, love, devotion. These are the four words which are very very important. Faith should be 100%. Don't worry about anything. Just have 100% faith. Everything will work. Okay? So, have faith and devotion in your heart and then see the marvel of this Udi. It will instantly remove your troubles and that is his natural property. When he followed the instructions, he enjoyed a profound sleep that night, wiping away all the traces of the bad dream to the great joy of the gentleman. Who can describe this joy? He always kept the packet carefully near his pillow and remembered Sai constantly. Later, he brought Baba's photograph and offered a garland to it on Thursday. Placing the photograph on the wall at the head of the bed, he respectfully performed his puja. He now began taking darshan of the photograph and offering its garland every Thursday. And as he offered puja mentally, gradually all his suffering came to an end. He kept up the practice faithfully and enjoyed lasting peace and happiness. He forgot altogether his earlier sufferings, the disturbed sleep, the nightmares, etc. This, however, is just one of the benefits of the Udi. I shall now narrate another more marvelous benefit as to how it fulfills the desired objectives when used in the moment of great calamity. There was once a staunch devotee named Balaji Patil Nevaskar who had worn out his body in the most extraordinary service of Baba. It was Nevaskar's daily work to worship, to sweep the roads. Of approach to the exit from the village and the road that led to Lendi on which the Baba trod. After him, it was Radha Krishna Bai's remarkable ability that came useful in continuing the same system of work. The foolish idea never even touched her pure heart as to how to do this work, mean work, when she was born in the revered Brahmin Varana. On getting up early in the morning, broom in hand, she would sweep all the roads that Baba trod on. Truly blessed was her service. So clean, so quick was her work. Who else would compare with her in it? After some time, Abdul came forward to take it over. And so, such was their fortunate Patil, who threw the worldly life and was yet totally detached from it. Listen to that part of the story which describes his great spirit of sacrifice. After the reaping of the harvest from the field was over, he would bring all the grain to the mosque, pile it up in a heap in the courtyard and offer it to Baba's feet. Looking up to Baba as the master of all that he possessed, he would take home from it only as much as Baba was pleased to give him for the subsistence of himself and his family. The used water that flowed out from the washing place after Baba's bath and his washing his hands, feet, mouth etc. was all the water that Baba drank. The practice continued without a break until Nevaskar was alive and his son had carried it forward till now, though only in part. He too will always send grain till the Nirvana. Baba used to eat jawar bread made out of it four times a day. Once it so happened that it was Bala's annual Sharad. food was cooked and ready and the servers began serving it. According to the estimated number of guests, enough food has been cooked, but as the food was being served, it was noticed that the actual number of dinners diners had increased threefold. The hostess grew nervous and began whispering her anxiety to her mother-in-law. How can we be saved from this embarrassing situation? but the mother-in-law had un- unwavering faith that when Sai summer stands behind us firmly why should we worry rest assured she said assured thus the mother-in-law picked up a handful of Udi and sprinkled a little in each vessel for the food of the food covering it carefully afterwards she then said go and serve without any fear but remove the covering just enough for the purpose of serving and cover up the vessel again this one thing you must observe without fail this food belongs to Sai, not a particle of it is ours. And he alone will come to our rescue. Any shortcoming will be his, not ours. At the result of the mother-in-law, was so was her experience also. Without any obstacle, each and every guest was fed well. All ate and were satisfied. Everything passed off properly, and still the vessels were as full as they had been before. Such is the power of the Udi. To the saints, all this is easy and natural. As a faith, so is the experience. However, Talking about the greatness of the Udi and the great, great devotion for Nevaskar, I am reminded of yet another story about him. Listen to it. I have had a little doubt whether this will be digression from the main narrative, but now I think, whatever it may be, I must present it to the re- readers in the present context. And having made up the resolve in the mind, I shall proceed to narrate it to you in the juncture. May the listener pardon me if they think it is misplaced. Once a resident of Shirdi, Raghupatil by name, had gone to Nevasa, and was staying with his that is his Bara's house as his guest. One night while the cattle was all tied up by the rope of the stake, suddenly a cobra entered the cattle shed making a hissing sound. Caught up in such a perilous situation, everybody was stunned while the cobra stationed himself there, raising his hood. The cattle moved restlessly, <coughs> struggling to free themselves, but Nevaskar was convinced that it was I himself who had appeared. There was no other way but to let loose the cattle, lest someone stepped unwittingly on the cobra and brought it to the, on a disaster. Nevaskar was overjoyed as he saw the cobra from some distance. hair stood on end all over the body with deep emotion at once he prostrated before him in obeisance. It was thy great favour he said that he has come to meet us in the form of the cobra. He brought a vati that is small katori filled with milk for the cobra. truly, what faith and devotion Balaji, Balaji must have had not to have even a trace of fear and just listen attentively to what he had to, he had said to the cobra. Baba, why do you make this angry hissing sound? Are you trying to frighten us? Take take this vati of milk and drink it all to your at your ease. But now can a cobra be ever satisfied with just a vati of milk? So he bought a vessel full of milk and placed it fearlessly before him. Really fear is created only in one's mind. This is a very important statement. Fear is created in your mind. Nowhere else is the fear. You see children are not afraid of anything. Have you seen? Even even uh, you tell them to go in some room, they are not bothered about it. Even if the light is there, not there, they can just that person will go in that room and not even bother. But the moment you put fear in that person, what happens? Don't go over there. Okay. There is one policeman over there or there is one this one over there. We keep on say, get, telling the child all sorts of nonsense and the child gets afraid. So we are more fearful than the child, see? And a madman. A madman is never afraid of anything, he will walk in wherever he wants, he, whether there are clothes on his body, no clothes on his body, he is least bothered about it. A madman who doesn't have a mind of his own, remember this. The child doesn't use his mind. So, mind is the one which creates the fear. Remember this always. Fear of what? Something going wrong. Something not happening. Something falling down. The whole world is going to collapse. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. What? What kind of fear does a person have? The the biggest fear is fear of death. Fear of failure. Failure. I am not going to do this. This is not possible. What is going to happen? How is that? You know how many fears we have? All these fears are there because of the mind. Remember this always. Placing the milk near him, Balaji went and sat down at his earlier seat. Neither too far nor too near. His face showed a fond admiration for the cobra. The entrance of the cobra was very terrifying. And yet, how can everyone's response to the situation be the same? They were all worried and bewildered as to how the calamity would be averted. If you go out, there is a fear that the cobra will enter the inner room. From where he is coming out will be difficult. So they sat patiently, keeping a close watch. The cobra here was satiated and slipped out, eluding everybody's notice. No one knew where. All were quite astonished. Then they searched the entire cattle shed but could not find any trace of him. Most of them were quite relieved. Only Nevaskar had regrets in his heart. The regret was that he did not see him departing as he had seen him entering the cattle shed earlier. Bala had two wives with his children and was still very young. Sometimes they came from Nivasa to Shirdi for Baba's darshan. For both the wives, Baba used to, Baba used to buy sari along with blouse pieces and used to bless them. Such was the great devotee Balaji. The path of this Satcharit is simple and straightforward. Whatever is being read, that is, Dvarka Mai there too and Sai too is present most certainly. And so there are these banks of Godavari and there nearby is the holy Shirdi. There at that very place is Sai with his dhuni, toward of calamities at the mere remembrance of his name. Where Sai's life story is being read, Sai is present always. And when it is read with faith again and again, he is pleased. When Sai, the abode of bliss, is remembered, when his name is chanted every day, no other chanting or penance, no arduous effort of meditation and contemplation is needed. Those who smear his vibhuti and drink it every day with faith and devotion will have all the desires of their heart fulfilled. They will attain the four highest goals of human life like dharma, artha, kam, moksha and all that and will find fulfilment. The profound secret, significance of both the world and spiritual life will be revealed to them. Both the life, that is our worldly life and our spiritual life are completely different. You will find that the complete viparit, that is what you find good in the material world, you are going to find it completely reversed in the spiritual world. Let us say for example, we find that, you know, to be to have a very big house is such a great thing for a person in in the in the material world isn't it i bought a big house i did this i did this. in the spiritual world it becomes a hindrance it becomes a big burden on the person because can you leave that house and go no you have to pay taxes you have to do everything possible for that house so This becomes a hindrance in the spiritual world. A spiritual world, it's a liability, yes. So what kind of a liability is there? It's not a small liability, it's not even a small liability, it's a massive liability. How can you ever get out of that liability? Let us say for example, even a small liability, let's suppose we have bought a bike. The bike's EMI for the next six months are there. Are you not trapped in that? So every month you pay EMI, EMI, EMI and one month maybe you don't have the money to pay the EMI then what happens? So there is a problem there. Then what happens? See there was such a beautiful problem in, in, in the Americas in the 2008 it happened. You know those two companies which are there Fannie Mae and, and those those companies which had lent so many millions of dollars to people who bought houses over there. The companies closed down. Many houses came on the road. I mean, literally people came on the road because they didn't have any money to pay. There was a very big depression. Same, there was a depression way back in the, in the late 30s. How do you know that? So everything, everything in this world, even the smallest of an object is a liability to us. Think. You may say it is not a liability. Think about it like this. Okay? It may be a simple keychain, a simple keychain which has no value for that matter. Maybe you have bought it for say about 50 rupees or maybe 30, 40 rupees. Okay. The keychain with one small key of your house also may be there. Just imagine if you misplace it, what happens? Think about it at the room where I am sitting. Okay. The room got locked from inside. People were standing outside for many hours. They had to call for that person who opens the locks. And how many dollars you paid? 70. $70. Three, three 3500 No. How much is it? $70 is equal to? It's a huge amount of money yeah, for just 3, putting one bloody, you know, key like this and doing like this. <laughs> Do you understand? Every small thing is a liability. Those who wear glasses, try to keep them somewhere and forget about it. See what happens. (laughs) You know, you are going to go blind. You are going to say, KIDAR gaya, KIDAR gaya, KIDAR gaya." You know that. This is what is going to happen. So, everything is a liability. So, this is the reason why anything that you seem to have taken ownership of, it is a liability. And it is going to be as if you are are tying yourself up. So, What is there in the spiritual is completely different in the material. What is there in the material is completely different in the spiritual. So, what we do over here is we tell you to be in this world as well as that. Don't run away because you can't become spiritual. There is nothing running away, please. There is no running away and there is no God somewhere that you are going to go and meet him over there. Here the people are going to run after you, thinking you have not cleared your credit card payments. <laughs> then they will send police right up to that Himalayas if you go. So please, don't do that. <laughs> so you pay your credit card payments over there and there you can do your, your satsangs also and you can do your japas also. Okay. So be in both the worlds. Basically that is what he teaches. So... <clears throat> The profound secret significance of both the worldly and the spiritual life will be revealed to them. Terrible sins like mahapapas are also in the lesser sins will be destroyed by contact with the Udi and there will be purification inward and outward. The devotee knows too well the power of the Udi when applied but it is for the benefit of the listener that the description has been given at length. And yet it is improper to say that the description is given at length for I myself do not know it adequately. But still I have only briefly narrated it to my listeners benefit. Hence, I pray to the listeners that after bowing to Sai, there should be an experience of it for themselves. Do listen to my words this once. Reasoning and arguments are of no avail here. Only deep reverence is needed. Ingenuity of mind does not help either. But devotion and faith are required. Those who are intellectual, argumentative, inquisitive, but without faith, will never receive the highest knowledge from the saint. It will be received only by them, those who have pure faith. See, people who are argumentative, why you? You tell me why it is like this. I don't understand. Why? Why? You know, it's, you are here for making an argument. Unnecessary argument. No, you should come up with that reasoning yourself. Why are you here? What is it? It is only when you have the toughest of the questions which do not have any answers. That time you can definitely ask the saint, the sage, the teacher, guru, whoever. What is the meaning of this? I would like to know. And they will definitely give you the answer. But the answer will have no value if there are arguments in it. It will have no value if you are, if you think you are intellectual. Oh, he is used, instead of saying an, he is used an a. He doesn't understand that in front of a vowel you are supposed to put an an. Oh, so you are correcting the grammar, is it? It's not a grammar correction. It is something which follows a smooth path. So it is important to take the words properly. It does not really matter. So that is basically something which you need to understand. What happens in the material world? They will tell you all these kind of things. I have received mails. You know, When I write my blogs, I have received mails from people. Those... (laughs) Those who have never, I mean, I don't know whether they really read it or not, but they have said, there were so many mistakes. You don't even know how to write. <laughs> okay, I, I listen to all of that. So say, yes, yes, you are right about it. This is not a grammar or a composition. It's a, its just something that has to be put over there. So it is being put and it is written at very fast. So it does not really matter. Like yesterday's post, two posts I did. It was posted at 3 a.m. in the in the night. So so if you actually see it is not done with some motivation that something has to be done. No, it is done in a very very natural way. So it has to be so never go with a with having this idea that I am an intellectual. Let me see how whether he, he is able to answer this question or no. I will understand. You know this is what the idea is. How deep he is. Yeah, I will come to know. That you should not have. Or inquisitiveness. But without faith. There is no faith, but you are inquisitive. Achha, ah, bolo, 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 tum batao, tum batao. There are many people who will come and talk like this. Acha bolo. bolo. It's just nothing but just being very, very you you are you are not there because you have faith everything can be understood by faith alone so when your questions come and they are being answered have full faith in the answer they will stand up experience connected with that will happen let me assure you this much considering the deficiency of the story is to be a part of the inspiration that sai gave me overlook these defects as you read the sai satcharit may this establish Sai's long, ever-compassionate image of the heart of the appreciative readers as a constant reminder to him, to them. Where is Gomantak, that is Goa, and where Shirdi? The fascinating, delightful story of the theft there, which Sai narrated quite openly and in detail will be narrated next. Hence, Hemad bows the head at Sai's feet, uh, wholeheartedly and very humbly and treats the listeners to listen to it respectfully will be to all here ends the 35th chapter of Sri Sai Samartha Satcharita called the removal of doubts and glorification of the Udi as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee Himad Pant. so we have just ended the chapter over here tomorrow we will take up the remaining uh, next chapter so uh, let me see if uh, somebody has asked a question then I will try to answer it